So I want to pick up from this past uh, Sunday because it was so much that took place uh, over this weekend that I just want to uh, continue to share on and even release some additional things tonight. Um, and I believe God wants to release. I don't believe it. I know. <laughs> God wants to release some additional things tonight. And so uh, just again, remember that every step is significant. I don't know if anyone, because I know it's been blazing hot, but I don't know if anyone has had an opportunity to be able to step outside, take a few steps, walk to the mailbox, walk to the end of the street in the cool of the day, do something outside uh, for movement, forward movement. Anyone had an opportunity to be able to take some steps? Want to take some steps? <laughs> Good. One thing I will say, make sure you hydrate. No matter what you're doing in this weather, make sure that you are well hydrated. Amen. Yeah, because I, I, I found myself not hydrated enough and had some ridiculous back spasms yesterday. I just overexerted myself, and I had to ask my wife. I was like, babe, can you come pick me up? <laughs> my back got so tight, it was hard to breathe. And I drank water. I did drink water, but just with that kind of heat, um, it was just I had to drink a whole lot more water because I love heat. But anyways, make sure that you are hydrating and taking care of natural laws. Amen. Natural principles. <laughs> so, again, uh, you know, we've been talking about dominion, authority and power. And uh, this past Sunday talked about thinking God thoughts. And so tonight I want to deal with your office as a believer. And so it's going along the lines of with our authority as well, because authority is important. And so as we talk about the office of the believer, it's important to understand our authority because that's how things get done. I'll say that again. Authority is how things get done. Nothing of significance happens without somebody saying, hey, make it happen. Or, hey, this should happen. Amen. So authority is how things get done. And this is important. It's an important subject matter because when we look around and think of situations, oftentimes... <laughs> Have you ever seen a kid just got loose in a store and you just wonder, where in the world is this child's parents at? They're just all over the place cutting up. And you're looking for the authority of that child because you have a, the mindset, look, if there's no authority around, I'm going to have to do something. Because this child is out of control. And so same situation that happens for us as the believer. As we're looking around and seeing stuff cutting up, it shouldn't be like, man, you know, where's the authority? We need to understand, hey, you know what? I'm an authority. I have an authoritative presence. I have, so this is an important subject matter because this is something that was delegated to us. This is something that was delegated to us. And so um, uh, this, this happens, you know, I think we step more into authority when it becomes a revelation to us. When, when we become more aware of authority, we're able to step into more of authority. It becomes a revelation. And I know for me in particular, uh, you know, even as we've been ministering on dominion, authority, and power, going into D.C., it just became Washington, actually Philadelphia, of course I shared that, and then Washington, D.C. in particular, it just became another level of awareness uh, as far as for authority of God. Because this is one thing that I'm learning and, and learning more so, no matter where you are, you always want to be mindful of why you're there. Even if you're on vacation, <laughs> no matter where you are, you want to be mindful of why you're there. 
And so we were there, I shared the story, we were there, uh, you know, uh, to be able to see the sights. But then afterwards, it was almost like God tapping me on the shoulder. And, you know, the beautiful thing, at least one thing in my relationship with the Lord, he'll give me questions to ask him. Stuff I might not be thinking about, but then he'll place it upon my heart to ask him something because he wants to tell me something. So I'm sitting here driving home, and then I'm asking the Lord, having this conversation just amongst uh, the heart, whatever the case may be. And I was like, God, what was that about? And, of course, I shared the revelation, uh, the things that came to me as far as for being in the, uh, the White House and the Capitol and some of the things that are significant about that. But then there's so much more. There's always things that are progressive and God continuing to reveal as long as we stay open. And so afterwards, you know, I got home and I'm still, you know, a little pumped up, excited, a little tired, but still pumped up, excited, washing dishes. And I'm, uh, I think I have my tablet on my phone, but I'm like, man, I wanted to find out more about the White House. Do a little bit more research to find out about some of the inner working, some of the stuff I didn't think to ask while I was there. And then when we were on Capitol Hill, I was like, well, man, let me find out about the U.S. Capitol stuff. You think you know, but then you want to go back and, and look at it again. And so uh, I, I realized that, you know, of course, the, the president being in the White House, clearly we understand that he's an elected official. He's an elected official, but I totally forgot that uh, when we think about the president, they get voted and they get elected, but their office isn't activated until they get sworn in. So they win the election come November, but come January, that's when they get sworn in. And then the place that they get sworn in, which we know as a presidential inauguration, is actually at the Capitol. And so uh, I found out one thing that the United States Constitution, it is mandated. It was actually mandated by the first president, George Washington. Put this in the con Constitution, say, hey, every president, I don't care what they do, but they have to say this. They have to make a presidential oath of office. And then it says this, the president, when they're getting sworn in, I do solemnly swear or affirm that I will faithfully execute the office, somebody say the office, the office of president of the United States, and will to the best of my ability preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. I'll say that one more time because it's very powerful. And sometimes, you know, depending on the president, they might have their hand upon the Bible or they just put their right hand up. It, different presidents have done different things. But this same statement is mandated in the Constitution. And so it says, and I'll say this again without interrupting, I do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute the office of the president of the United States and will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. And some people add on, so help me God. <laughs> but the thing about it, we have a special office as well as a believer. We have a special office as well as a believer. And you know that you're special. You know that you've been elected. For God to be able to cast his vote towards you and say, yes, them. I want them for office as a believer. I want them for office as my disciple. I want them for office as my son, as my daughter. I want them for office as king and priest in the kingdom of God. And no one could veto his vote. There was no outranking. He didn't have to counsel. It wasn't any other decision. He was like, hey, you know what? You. And it wasn't one of those things where you turn around, you know, I've experienced this, where you point to yourself and you're looking over your shoulder. As a matter of fact, there's this old school picture, many of us have seen it, that says Uncle Sam. 
Y'all seen that with the hat? I want you. So God's saying that same thing tonight. Hey, I want you. <laughs> so, of course, naturally, we as believers, Jesus said this. He's like, hey, you know what? We don't have to make oaths. Okay, we don't have to make oaths. He just says this. Let your yes be yes. And let your no be no. That's very powerful. Meaning that in his context that a yes is supposed to mean a yes. It's not supposed to be something because oftentimes we can get wishy-washy. But when we say stuff in the kingdom, our words mean things. Us talking means something. And so our office as a believer is very, it's very important. So uh, what is it that we say yes to? We are saying yes to the call of God. Simple. It's like, well, man, what is it that I'm saying yes to? We're saying yes to the call of God. So someone just say that out loud. Say, I say yes to the call of God. (laughs) Glory to God. And so uh, we're going to break some things down tonight. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, your principles, principles, some principles for your office as a believer. We're going to talk about some practical steps for your office as a believer and then prophetically what this means prophetically what this means and so I'm excited about uh, this word tonight and so when we talk about your office as a believer this isn't about specific offices you know there's specific offices you know titles and positions and things of that nature but everybody that names themselves a Christian has an inherent privilege and responsibility and duties and one thing that Apostle mentioned uh, not this past Sunday but the Sunday before last We want to make sure that we're believing believers. We want to make sure that we're believers that actually believe what we're part of. Because you have many people that name the name title, uh, but they don't believe. And as a matter of fact, you think about it in the natural. Has anyone ever worked for the government before at any level? At some level? There's this phrase that happens in the government that says, eh, good enough for government work. So if you wonder why it takes so long, if you ever try to do something through a a local office or federal or state office, that's why, because that's the mindset of the people. Hey, you know what? It's good enough for government work. That was a phrase when I worked for uh, the government just for a little bit. So we want to make sure that we as citizens, as, as, as people that are part of the government of the kingdom of God, we have a different mindset. Amen. And so... We want to make sure that we're believing believers because God has identified us as kings and priests unto himself. What a privilege and an honor. You're not just you, but you're a king and a priest in God's sight. Matter of fact, you can't see it, but there's there's like a crown just over your head right now. So if you ever, someone just says, man, you just seem like you got a glow. Just let your soul glow. You've been crowned. You've been crowned, and you ain't leaving no stain marks on no pillows either. <laughs> We're going to get to our scripture in a little bit. <laughs> Let your soul glow. <laughs> We're going to do some talking tonight, and I'll share why it's important, but someone just say, I'm a believing believer. All right, so as believing believers, we're, we're ones who grow from the satisfaction of salvation to the sanctification of service. 
That's a big statement, but I'm going to say that again. We grow from the satisfaction of salvation, meaning, man, thank God I'm saved. Because some people just stop there. It's like, man, I just want to be saved. Some people, if this is like the gate of heaven, they want to be like, whew, just made it. Whew. So we want to grow from that. We want to grow from the satisfaction of salvation to the sanctification of service. I mean, okay, now I'm saved, but now I know that I'm saved for a purpose. I'm saved. I've been called. I've been set apart for service in the kingdom of God, meaning that God has given me something to be able to do. What an honor. What a privilege. So that is good. So, pra- so office defined. We were talking about your office as a believer. One definition of office is simply this. It's praxis in the Greek. P-R-A-X-I-S. Some definitions for that. It means a doing. When it talks about your office, it means a doing, a mode of acting, a deal, or a transaction. Or then in another sense, a thing to be done, business. So when you hear the term office, it's about a mode of doing, a mode of acting, a mode of transacting. And so let's turn to 1 Samuel, something that we're familiar with, but I want to highlight some things um, because it's important <laughs> as far as for our office as a believer. The reason why we're going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 17, start at verse 25, we'll walk through this, uh, because this individual that we're familiar with, uh, King David, but he's a, a type so before he was called King David, uh, we're, we, we understand about the story of him encountering Goliath. But I'm going to walk through this and just highlight some things as far as for our office as a believer. And there's some principles uh, that we want to see and some qualities that we want to take a look at. First Samuel chapter 17. And we'll kind of jump around in this chapter, uh, but I want to make sure that we... Hit some things real good here. <clears throat> so your office has qualities. There's a nature. There's, there's some characteristics about the office and being a believer uh, that we'll look at this, this story with David just a, from a different perspective. <clears throat> but it'll be good and, and help us tonight as far as for functioning even more. So... One, we kind of just jump in here. We know David, his brothers were already at the war, and they were encountering the Philistines. And then we know Goliath was there talking his noise. He was there talking his noise, and then there was a bunch of whispering going on. And so, verse 24, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, Goliath, fled from him and were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said, because David was hearing his people talking. And the men of Israel said, have you seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David spake to the men. Now, David's a teenager now. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the men that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach of Israel? 
For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? So here you got this young boy bringing, bringing something to his brothers there, hearing about what's going on. And so one of the first things about this office, because David was already anointed at this time. He was already been anointed by Samuel at this time. And so he's hearing what's going on. And then he says, hold up, hold up, hold up. Hold up. What'd you say was going to happen to the person that kills this guy? And so they said this, you're going to be greatly enriched. You're going to get king's daughter as a wife. And your whole family ain't going to have to worry about taxes. They was like, what? <laughs> oh, that sounds like a good deal. First thing that we want to understand about our office is your office comes with rewards. Your office as a believer comes with rewards. It's a little tongue twister. I'm trying to say this right. Your office as a believer comes with rewards. You'll find throughout the Bible uh, that God looks to reward those who diligently seek him. So meaning when, when you're encouraged to seek God, you know what, there's, there's something beneficial for you at the end. One is beneficial for you in the process, but then the Lord says, hey, you know what, there's going to be rewards. We know ultimately that the greatest reward of seeking God is God himself. Him showing up and revealing himself to us. But then there's other stuff that God looks to do as well that are part of his blessings of seeking. And so we read two scriptures this past Sunday in Isaiah 54 when the Lord, 55, where God was talking about, hey, call, call me while I, while I can be found. Look for me. That's a part of it. So there's rewards that come with being a believer. And so one thing that we also know, God rewards belief. So people that call themselves believers that don't really believe are missing out on something that God wants to release. God rewards your belief. I remember it was at one point, you know, I was just having this conversation uh, with, with God. And I was like, man, God, what is it about faith that just means so much to you? Why do you want us to believe? And, of course, the answer was just too far beyond for me to actually comprehend. But it was just... Uh, the bottom line for me was like, hey, because it's valuable to me. It's precious. Your faith, your trust in me means more than what you can even comprehend right now. And so, I'm, uh, and that's just from the father's perspective that I, I, you know, faith means something to him. And so when we offer, when we put our faith in him, God's like, hey, you know what? I want to reward you for trusting me. I want to bless you for trusting me. Has parents ever done that before? You know, a child just, just trusted what you were saying? And then it's like, hey, you know what, because I have some things in mind. I can't fully explain it to you right now, but I'm going to bless you just for sticking in there, for hanging in there. For that you, you, were, you were good in this transition. You weren't complaining. I know it was a little tough time going on with the family, but you still hung in there. You were a trooper. I want to be able to bless you because you trusted what was going on. So, again, your office as a believer comes with rewards. As a matter of fact, you don't have to turn there, but I just want to uh, just look at it real quick. As a matter of fact, no, just go ahead. Hold your finger at 1 Samuel and go to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. I think it's just good to lay eyes. I didn't think we were going to turn there, but I just, we're just going to look at that one verse. Hebrews chapter 11. <laughs> verse 6, you can hold your finger or pause however you're <laughs> looking at it. 
But it says this, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So without faith, it's impossible. God, how can I please you? With faith? And then I want you to believe that I'm going to reward you for diligently seeking me. So that's one of the beautiful things for us as an office, as a believer. Because, you know, even in the natural sense, there's some parallels. There's some benefits for even serving in government in office. Serving in governmental office. There's things that come with that. There's access that you have that uh, regular people don't have. So, again, that's one of the qualities. A second one, we can go back to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Verse 33. No, start at verse 32. Because as David was asking about what's supposed to be happening to the person that kills this giant, the message uh, was relayed to Saul. It's like, hey, there's this guy asking what's, what, what's going to happen. So Saul was the king at the time. Not knowing that David has already been anointed king. Saul doesn't know any of that right now. But he just knows, hey, we got this giant, we got this battle, and ain't nobody budging. But now there's, this, there's, there's a person um, that's wanting to know uh, what are the benefits of killing this person. So now here we come, verse 32. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Now imagine for a moment, you're King Saul, you're in your tent and some of your servants come to you and say, hey, you know what? There's a person that's wanting to find out about the benefits of killing Goliath. Now, readily, I'm sure Saul was starting to picture what this person might look like. It's like, wow, okay, there's someone in our camp that, that's, you know, thinking about taking on Goliath. Okay, great, bring him in. And then along comes teenage David. <laughs> along comes in and says, hey, king. Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Teenager. Verse 33, and Saul said to David, thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. It's like, man, this guy's been fighting since longer than you've been alive. And then he's not just a guy. He's like a big yeah, like up there. Big dude. Monster looking fella. Probably eats people for, for breakfast or something. That type of big guy. And then Saul's like, man, what? You can't fight him. It's like, man, do you know what's hanging in the balance? If we lose, that's the whole nation losing to them. It's like, man, you know what? You've been a fighting. But here David says, man, let no man's heart fail. So here's one of the things about your office as a believer. It is not an issue of tenure. Tenure meaning how long you've been around. You know, you don't have to wait. It's like, well, man, you know, I got to wait about 50 years for me to start really moving into things of God. You won't, have to, you won't have to wait that long. I think sometimes we feel like that we have to go through an odyssey. 
that we have to go through an odyssey to be able to do something for God. It's like, well, God, I got to do this. I got to do that. The Lord's like, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter your age is when you believe you can move in the office as a believer. (laughs) Come on. Saul's critique on David was that he's young. But again, your mode of acting isn't dependent upon your age or even necessarily how long you've been saved. (laughs) And I'm not being critical, at least I hope I'm not being critical, but sometimes you can be around people that are old saints in age and have loved Jesus for a long time, but then their movement, their progression has just been like, man. It's like, wow, we just kind of stopped at a certain age. You kept growing older in the natural, but not maturing and not going any further in the things of God. Or maybe they stopped believing based upon circumstances. One thing that, I, that I'm, I'm encouraged uh, that we hear, but it's true, you know, you can have as much of God as you want. I'll say that again. You can have as much of God as you want. So let there be some want to tonight or some want some more. Let there be some want some more tonight. (laughs) It's something, you know, because you got, uh, you know, you think about it as a parent. When your child gets, gets, uh, you know, as they're growing, you give them a certain amount of food and then they get to a point. It's like, can I have some more? You almost be like, what? You want some more? And so what we have a tendency to say, stop being greedy. You had enough. Not realizing, hey, they're growing. <laughs> their appetite, their diet has changed. And so somebody, some, some people criticize, well, why do you say you want more? Because we're hungry. Even in the things of spirit, why are you asking God for more? Because there's more to ask for. <laughs> you know, at a restaurant, what they serve you, they still got more food in the back. They don't show up and be like, ah, yeah, that's it. Can I look at the dessert menu? We don't got nothing else. No, there's more. (laughs) Let me keep reading. And David said to Saul, verse 34, thy servant kept his father's sheep. (laughs) So he's going through his resume. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he rose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. That's rather impressive. I see a line coming. I'm going the other way. David became a barber. Now, if I ain't going to snatch his beard, but he just took the line. It's like, (laughs) just snatch the lion's beard. Can you imagine looking out out with a lion and killing a lion? Yeah. Man, that's, that's some type of teenager to do that. And, though, and then verse 36, and so he said, Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing that he hath defied the armies of the living God. What a righteous indignation that we can take on. So one of the third things as far as for qualities, your office as a believer is based on covenant. One, your office as a believer comes with rewards. Two, it's not dependent upon tenure. Three, it's based on covenant. So we see here, David says, hey, man, you know, this person, this giant is uncircumcised. He doesn't have any connection to God. He doesn't have any God backing. 
There's no blood over his life. He doesn't have the strength in the host of heaven with him. He's just a giant. All he is is all he is is tall and big and loud. But there's no God with him. So, there isn't a comparison between you and someone else doing the same thing. They both showed up to fight. Goliath and David both showed up to fight, but there was a difference. Because Goliath showed up to fight, but then David showed up to fight with God. David's like, hey, we in here. So again, there isn't a comparison between you and someone else doing the same thing as you. I'll bring this again. Remember, your skill provides access, but your anointing, your office makes the difference. (laughs) So your mode of acting as a believer and transacting business, whatever you do in life, is based upon the fact that you have promise from God. I'm going to say that again. Your mode of acting as a believer, whatever you do, your mode of acting as a believer and transacting, conducting business, going about life is based upon the fact that you have a promise from God. So again, our rights, our authority isn't constitutionally based, it's covenant based. It's covenant based. We have a covenant It's strong, and here's the beautiful thing about it. This is something that God made with men. It was his ideal first. Amen. Fourth thing, your office as a believer. This is strong. Matter of fact, let me keep reading here. Verse 37, David said, moreover. So he already said, it's like, hey, you know, I slew the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go and the Lord be with thee. So fourth thing, your office as a believer is based on testimony. Believing believers, we have this confidence because of testimony. So in other words, you've walked through some things that can benefit others. You've walked through some things. There's some things that God has showed up in your life at some time, at some point or another, more than once, that can wind up encouraging and benefiting somebody else. And so your office as a believer is to be able to take that testimony and to be able to share that. Look at what God has done. In my life. So he took something that was personal and said, hey, you know what? I tended my father's sheep. But now I know because this guy is uncircumcised and I know that God is with me, that now the sheep that I tended, I know that this same God will protect us as a nation because our whole nation, we're his sheep. So what you've been through, I'm telling you, it could benefit a nation. Has God delivered you at least out of something? At least one thing has God delivered you out of. This is the thing about it. David didn't, he didn't, he didn't dwell so much or emphasize so much the attacks. Because guess what? The attacks come. 
we might not face a physical lion or physical bear, but we got things that attack our lives. But then David says this, hey, the Lord deliver me out of that. So the focus is upon the deliverance. The focus is upon the victory because God is a deliverer. It doesn't matter what you've been attacked with, what you're dealing with now, emotionally, physically, financially, whatever the case may be. The Lord shall deliver me out of this. I think that's a great statement to just say right there. The Lord shall deliver me out of this. Because there are attacks. I know this has been a summer of some attacks. Okay, I'll make it personal. There's been some attacks that we've experienced. There's been mental attacks. There's been spiritual attacks. There's been financial attacks. There's been all types of attacks. But guess what? The Lord delivers. And this uncircumcised, this uncovenant situation, this situation that ain't about God, it shall be like one of those things as well, too. How do I know? I'm a believer. That's what I believe. And I approve this message. <laughs> I believe. That's what we do. <laughs> I believe. That's what I do. I believe. That's who I am. I believe. That's what I do. I believe. That's who I am. And I'm not going to be swayed otherwise. Once you're convinced, you're unstoppable. <laughs> so now David can go up to a Goliath without a sword and declare some things. Because he used his words as a sword. Goliath lost as soon as David showed up. As soon as David showed up, Goliath already lost. Goliath been talking all these days, and then as soon as David showed up, not even knowing about a Goliath. But as soon as he showed up, that was the end of Goliath right there. Because victory showed up. All the victory had to do is just be made aware of the situation. <laughs> Victory's like, hey, present to me the situation. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what it is. Just when I show up, just know that it's a done deal. It's over. And so I remember being upon the sports team. It didn't matter who we played. When we showed up, it's like, yeah, it's a wrap. You can look at the other guys, they were all boom, 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 whatever, whatever the case may be. It's like, okay, yeah, we're going to have to ball out. But we already won. We're just going through the process of playing the game, but it's a done deal. And as soon enough, as the clock hits zero, 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 we high five. Good game. Way to go to work. Way to go to work. Way to go to work. Good work. Good work. Good work. Good work. That's what we were saying. Good work. Good work. Good work. Getting our Gatorade stretching and we out. Why? Because we believed. Doesn't matter. I believe. That's what I do. I believe. That's who I am. So we want to make sure that our office requires activation. 
or that we are activated in this office. There's always greater levels of this thing. As being a believer, you know, we go from faith to faith. We never stop believing. We never come to the point, God's like, okay, you're good. You don't reach the faith max. We always keep going. We always keep going. And so how we activate this is very simple. You see with the inauguration, same thing in the spirit. Activate it. Your office is activated based on what you say. (laughs) Your authority is activated based upon what you say, and what you say is based upon what you believe. I'm going to say that again. Your authority is activated based upon what you say, and what you say is based upon what you believe. So here we go. Verse 45 and 46, same chapter. Then David said to the Philistine, because David shows up and Goliath was like, man, y'all going to send me this little dog out here to come face me? Fine, okay, whatever. If that's, if that's what y'all want to do, y'all going to play me like this. Y'all going to send me a little boy, fine. We're just going to take him out. And David didn't budge. Then David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with the sword and with the spear and with the shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied this day. Will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will... My God. Oh, my God. This is a teenager saying this. As many times as I've read this, I'm seeing this in a whole nother light right now. And I will give the carcasses of the hosts of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Woo! That's some activation right there. As soon as those words were released, he was sworn into another dimension of his office. He was already anointed, but as soon as those words were released, the activation of the anointing of his kingship began right there. So he began to go forth, not only for him, but on behalf of the nation. That's what kings do. Words activated. Words activated. Words activation. There is no activation until you say something. Until you say something in agreement with what God says, there is no execution in the earth realm. Until you say something. So, God, I thank you for directing thoughts so that way our words can be directed as well for activation. Whew. So we got to make sure that we're saying, how, how strong is this? This day will the Lord deliver thee into thine hand. Young fella, talking to the giant, saying, man, you ain't nobody. Man, God is going to give you to me right now and the whole Philistines so that way the whole earth know that there was a God in Israel. <laughs> So activation is based upon what you said. Your authority is based upon it. So here's the thing. Presidents, they're not in their authority until they say, hey, 
I will. David said, hey, I will. Why? Because God already willed it, so I will. I agree. Somebody to say, Lord, I will. So what that means, that means that it's, it's, it takes your will, everything, because the will, that's a whole other message, but the will is so powerful. Some people call it willpower, but this ain't just a will amongst ourselves, but this is something in connection, in agreement with God, that will can, can have great things happen. Because now we have our will matched with his will, and then that's what we have is perfect will. God's like, yeah, this is what I intended right here. This is what I intended right here. This is what kingdom people do. This is what believers do. We see it in Jesus. Lord, not my will. In other words, because there was side that's like, look, if there's another way, but hey, you know what? Thy will be done. And then he got his will and lined up. And then we benefit as a result. So what about your will? Someone again to say, Lord, I will. Lord, I will. Just always have that in your mouth. Always have that in your heart. God, I will. He'll give, you, he'll give you a little bit of moment sometimes if you need to get it together. It's like, eh. But it's like, Lord, I will. Lord, I will. Because <laughs> some stuff happens. Because, Lord, to be like David, sometimes we see giants and be like, whoa. But it's like, man, you know, we can have that same perspective because... And even greater, because we have the Holy One on the inside of us. We're carriers of covenant. And the covenant-keeping God. Wow. So we're activated by saying, I will. I will. And then another thing. So again, we're activated based upon what we say, and then we're activated based upon what you do. Verse 7, 47, sorry. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. This point here is to let us know that we've been given power to get wealth. But then here's the key thing connected with that, to establish his covenant in the earth. That's part of our responsibilities as believers, as our office, to establish his covenant in the earth. Everywhere we go to spread the knowledge of God. Everywhere we go. <laughs> and so as you continue to execute and grow in your office, you know, the more you lead, the more you learn. The more you learn, the more efficient you become. The more efficient you become, the more effective you become. The more, the more, the more. Even in a natural sense, you know, you, the more you, you do a thing, the better you get at it. The more proficient you become at it, whatever the case may be. Reading the Bible will start at the ground one level. Reading the Bible can start off, oh, man, this is so challenging. The more you do it, the more you read. The more you pray, the easier it becomes. The more you declare the more we walk in victory, the more victory starts happening. The more we have the mindset of victory, now instead of us fighting for victory, sometimes we go through those experiences, the more you do that, then you get to a point where you show up and it's like, man, I don't even got to do nothing. 
I'm sitting here thinking that I had to fight, and I show up, and the victory's already won. I just got to step in and get spoils. The more, the more. But that's part of our office as a believer. And it's a good thing. It grows. So practically, practically, what can we do? Those are some of the principles of our office. Practically, what can we do? Um, it's just, I'll share this. You have executive duties. The office as a believer, we have executive duties to be able to execute, to be able to do things on behalf of. That's what elected officials do. They do things, they're representatives on behalf of. And so we do the same thing. So one, in a practical sense, this is one thing that the Lord was reminding me, but it is so key and it's very simple but profound. He said this, call it in. Whatever you need, call it in. Call it in. Now, this is one thing that Jesus taught. He said, hey, you know what? Don't be like the hypocrites when they pray. Because they like to stand out in the streets and show off. And then he said, don't be like the Gentiles. Because they just pray a whole bunch of words just to hear themselves talk. They're just saying all these words. Jesus was like, yeah. And I'm sure Jesus was actually with his disciples. And, and well, of course, he was, this is, anyways, he was teaching them this. <laughs> teaching them this. You ever seen some people just pray a long time? It's like, oh, my gosh. It's like, man, you just want to hear yourself talk. Not getting to anywhere. They're almost preaching. But anyways, Jesus is like, hey, don't be like this. Call it in. Whatever you need, call it in. Because sometimes we'll get stuck in a thought realm and be like, oh. looking around at the giant and be like, oh. the Lord's like, man, you just going to stand there? You ain't going to say nothing? He says, call it in. He told me this thing three times. He's like, son, call it in. He's like, what do you need? Call it in. Because I started thinking, I just started thinking, well, man, how's this going to happen? How am I going to get that? How am I going to do He's like, call it in. And so when we see the Lord's prayer, we realize the Lord's like Jesus or the Holy Spirit was revealing to me. He's like, hey, that's governmental talk. It's like that ain't just a regular thing. He's like, this is how we move in government. That's what I was that's what I was teaching my disciples and the people. This is how we get things done. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Here's one thing, far too often, you know, we can operate like tourists in the kingdom. <laughs> we can operate like tourists, not understanding, it's like, hey, you know what, you're an official. When I was at the White House, man, we were tourists. It's like, oh man, this is so great. Ooh, ah. <laughs> Hey, can you get this camera? Take a picture. Can you take a picture of my family? And we're going around getting all this information. But then there was other people behind the scenes that can move about her wherever they wanted to. Tourists is just roped off. So we were thinking like tourists. That's the mindset. It's like, ah, we can only go so far. And then we can only wonder what's on the other side. Officers, people that have authority, they can be all up in the White House and say, hey, 
They can go here. They can go to the west wing. They can move about. So the Lord is just reminding me, it's like, son, in the kingdom, don't be a tourist. It's like you have access. <laughs> Operating like a tourist looks like this. Imagine if David spent all his time looking for five stones. It's like, oh, there's a giant. Uh. Uh. Oh, this is cool. We got, what, five minutes right here. There we go. Yeah, imagine if he just spent all his time looking, looking for stones. And then imagine he finally, okay, now I got five stones. Imagine if he just, just admired them. It's like, man, these stones are so nice. Go make a collection. The, breaking this down, the Lord's like, man, you know what? Don't get stuck on trying to find what's in your bag. Don't spend so much time looking for, man, you're going to do this. And then you pick up a stone. Ah, this ain't it. And then we go to somewhere else. And then as soon as we get ready to release something that God has given us, we're like, ah, nah, this ain't it. And then we go to something else. We're like, man, God, I'm really excited about this. I could do something with this. And then we drop it again. Ah, this ain't it. The Lord's like, no, pick it up. Go. Don't spend so much time trying to get, oh, this thing just has to be absolutely perfect before I release it. It's not about your ability. Again, skill is great, but remember the anointing. They work together. You need both. It's like, well, man, I don't talk right. Just talk. You'll get better, just talk more. The more you talk, the better you get. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I just got that. The more you talk, the better you get. Well, man, I'm not the best at this or this. Well, keep doing it. <laughs> well, man, I just got to have it. It's got to be just. No, release it. Go. All you need is one shot. I'll take care of the rest. I thought it was so interesting, and I heard some people say this, that David picked out five smooth stones because Goliath had four brothers. <laughs> I heard somebody say that. I don't know how, how true. I didn't take time to look it up. But I was like, well, man, if that's the case, if there are five giants, then David still was like, all I need is one stone for each. Pow, <laughs> one. Pow, two. <laughs> oh, you killed our brother. Bang. And they just dropping. I'm sure that fifth brother, yeah, I don't want none of that. <laughs> But again, don't spend all your time looking for stones to throw. Pick up what you got and go. That's what it looks like. So operating like a tourist is operate with citizens, right, but not executive authority. <laughs> so once you've been elected into office, you can no longer think with the same mindset. Anyone that's been elected, you can no longer think with the same mindset. We've been elected by God. We can no longer think with the same mindset. We think now with the understanding of representation. You know, when you go out, you don't just represent you. Let me show you all that you represent. You represent Jesus, the kingdom. 
you represent your family, you represent this ministry, you represent wherever you go, you, you represent. So it's a wonderful weight to carry. But understand, it's yours to carry. <laughs> you can't just drop it. Well, no, I don't want to be a father or a mother anymore. You got to do it. And all the parents said, <laughs> yeah, as long as you got children, you are a parent no matter how old. I realize, thank God for my parents. At the age of 42, they are still my parents. They parent differently. But they're still, you're still parents. And now, as I grow more, I come into a greater appreciation. It's like, oh, wow, man, y'all. Y'all did some things real good. <laughs> so again, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, we're not going to turn there, but I'm going to speed up just a little bit. Your kingdom come is a requisition of earth to your father's resources. That's a big word. But that statement, your kingdom come, is the requisition of earth to the father's resources. Requisition is the act of requiring something to be furnished. It's a demand or application made usually with authority. And so in a, in a very light sense, I can't make this a super strong parallel, but we can function as an executive branch, meaning that we execute the laws that are written. That's what the office of, that's one of the responsibilities of the executive branch in our natural government. But we execute what, what, what God's will is in the earth. Yeah. We execute God's will in the earth. So when darkness arises, we as light show up and execute and say, hey, now we have to demolish darkness. Amen. Now we share the gospel because the Lord said it's the Father's will that no man should perish. So we have to release this good news in the kingdom of God. So again, when we say your kingdom come, God hears that as, a, it's a, again, this is a government talk that Jesus was talking. It's like, hey, this is a requisition. Meaning that this is a statement now that heaven can hear. Now, let me just share this part prophetically. That was just practically. Someone say, I will call it in. I will call it in. Call it, matter of fact, just encourage somebody to say, call in whatever you need. Call in whatever you need. Call it in. Call on the name of the Lord. Call in whatever you need. You need. And then sometimes you get into a vein where stuff will start to show up and you'll be like, Lord, I was just thinking this. Sometimes stuff, sometimes kingdom will show up so much that maybe you make a call out of your spirit, but even before it comes out of your mouth, it shows up. Woo. So now, prophetically, your office as a believer, there's one thing that you can take away from all this. Because I realized, you know, I got a, uh, you know, someone in connection to this ministry sent Pastor Gabe an email. And <clears throat> I thought it was interesting, you know, based upon his message that he taught last Wednesday. Very powerful. Check the podcast for it. Listen to it. Very great. Uh, but now this individual, I'm reading the email, but now this individual is has been invited with a group to go to the White House on Thursday. 
Now I'm sitting here thinking about that because now, that, now this is a whole nother weight to it. So now it wasn't just us in our household. Now someone um, who's becoming to the ministry fellowship and has been invited to go with the group to the White House, not knowing that my family and I had already been there on Saturday. Hmm. So now, prophetically speaking, I was like, okay, God, what is this about? He says, you're up for promotion. Now, let me say this for, because, for, again, because the way I said it, it almost sounded like they was just saying this for me. So let me say this for everyone. You are up for promotion. You are up for promotion. Last scripture, Psalms chapter 75. I'm just going a tad longer to get this out. Psalms chapter 75 won't take too much longer. Psalm chapter 75. We'll read a few verses. But unto thee, O God, do we give thanks. Unto thee do we give thanks for that thy name is near thy wondrous works declare. When I shall receive the congregation, I will judge uprightly. And let me get to uh, Psalm 75, verse 6 through 7. Let me read that. Psalm 75, verse 6 through 7, and then verse 10. As a matter of fact, I'm reading it. Let me read this from the Amplified. For not from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south come promotion and lifting up. But God is the judge. He puts down one and lifts up another. He puts down one and lifts up another. And then verse 10, all the horns of the ungodly also will I cut off, says the Lord. But the horns of the uncompromisingly righteous shall be exalted. You are up for promotion. And here's the thing about it. It's like, well, Lord, I don't even feel like I qualify. Well, he said so. The beautiful thing about it, he was like, you know what, even if, even if it's something that uh, you've been wrestling or contending with some things in the flesh, the Lord's like, hey, you know what, my goodness will lead you to repentance. My goodness will lead you to start to changing your mind about this thing. So when God says, hey, I want you, you don't have to be like me and look over your shoulder. You just say, okay, Lord, I will. You know. We say this all the time. It can almost sound cliche, but it's so true. But I don't want to lessen the weight of it. But God does not call the qualified. He qualifies those he calls. He qualifies you. And he says, hey, you're up for promotion. You're up for promotion. Nicole, you're up for promotion. God says, hey, you're up for promotion. It's like, what? Someone just say right now, I'm up for promotion. And so with that, horns are symbolic of dominion. They're symbolic of power. And he says, hey, I'm cutting off the horns of the unrighteous. And those who I've made righteous, I'm exalting them. Well, Lord, what makes me righteous? When you said yes, I took that. Your faith. That's how Abraham, <laughs> not going, not trying to be too deep, but because of his belief, that brought him into righteousness. 
So your office has a belief. Because you believe, God says, hey, now I'm going to exalt you. So that way that people know that there is a God in America. That there's a God in your family. God's going to promote. God is promoting you for such a time as this. So that's why thinking, that's why it's changing. That's why it is changing. So again, you're up for promotion to execute with another level of authority so that way what you say has even greater influence in the realm of the spirit and in the earth. I got to say this again. You're up for promotion to execute with another level of authority so that what you say has even greater influence in the realm of the spirit and in the earth. So again, promotion does not come from the north, south, east, or west. It comes from the Lord. Here's another thing. Along with this promotion comes greater prominence and the increase of your jurisdiction. Because you've been faithfully executing, many of you have been making requisitions behind closed doors. Jesus said also in Matthew 6 that you'll be promoted, you'll be rewarded. What you do in secret. Many have been doing things secretly that God's been seeing and taking note of. And the psalmist like, ah, I got to bless them. Now, this is the other thing along this, with that, in this promotion, people will, this is another way to look at it, people will promote your business, your service. In other words, people will speak on your behalf. Because of promotion, people will now speak on your behalf. It's just another level of authority. But people will speak on your behalf. There will be referrals, recommendations. Shucks, marketing. <laughs> but because you're up for promotion. Come on now, we got two instances, instances, instances of people now stepping in the White House. The executive, the highest office in this whole land. We're going to get there, but we are a governmental house. We just got to get our mindset. Just, but we're a governmental house. Y'all know we're meeting in a governmental building right now? <laughs> we're meeting in a governmental building right now. <laughs> Woo! Your office as a believer. One more thing. Okay, so as there's local, state, and national, international governance in the national in the natural, so shall, the, so shall your increase of praxis or your office be in the spirit. I got to say that again. As there's, you know, you have local government, you have state government, you have national government, and then people that do things internationally. So, so are we being promoted? Speaking, uh, uh, there'll be whatever level of recognition that you've been on, 
or prominence or promotion of people speaking on your behalf, there's going to be just even greater jurisdiction. Maybe you've spoken or have done things on one level. God is increasing this jurisdiction. Again, David went from sheep to a nation. <laughs> last, last thing with this. The office isn't one you have to run for. You know, they say in the natural, man, you got to run for office. It's not one that you have to run for. You don't have to jockey. But the Lord says you don't have to run for office. You have to run in office. So what we see here, we don't have time to turn there. But David, when he saw Goliath, picked up those stones, and then he says he ran to go meet him. (laughs) Making that declaration about what he was going to do, he ran towards the challenge. He ran towards Goliath. He ran in his office. It's the Lord saying, now in your office you have to run now. Pick up what you got, run, and release it. So in other words, it was this kind of motion. Boom. It was running and releasing as he went. Okay, and so you've got to know once you've slain one obstacle, which was Goliath, momentum of your office is on your side. So now it didn't stop with Goliath because now they went after the whole Philistines. They went after everybody else that was with Goliath. So now you have to run in your office and don't let up until you spoil the enemy. Meaning that there's got to be spoils as a result. But that's your office as a believer. That's your office as a believer. It's what we do. And then now I'm just saying this, and maybe it is the Lord as well, but don't be satisfied until you see spoils. I think that is the Lord. (laughs) Don't be satisfied until you see spoils, meaning that the enemy has to give up some stuff. He done stole, he done took long enough, man. He's got to pay back retribution, recompense. Don't be satisfied until you see spoils, until you get spoils. Until we step into the moreover. (laughs) Don't be satisfied until you see spoils. So again, you are up for promotion. You're up for promotion. You don't have to run for office. You run in office. You don't have to worry about people electing you. It's like, I got God's vote. That's what you got. Well, man, how'd you get here? In the name of the Lord. God, so I thank you for speaking to the hearts of people that will speak on our behalf as well. Because now, yeah, so we're declaring now that people are being obedient to the voice of the Lord whether they realize it or not, that they're being obedient to the voice of the Lord because of the call that's on our life that we've said yes to. Yeah. Amen. Amen. They can't be obedient if we don't say yes to the call first. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Amen. There's some weight on this thing. 
There's some weight on this thing. <laughs> you are up for a promotion. Because I was like, God, what is all this about? He's like, oh, you're up for promotion. You're coming out of obscurity. We're going to be people that are front and center. It's like, well, man, where do they come from? It's like, man, you know what? We've been tending sheep and the father for quite a while. We done slain some lions and bears. And these uncircumcised, whatever the case might be standing, shall be like one of them. So we're not a people that's going to back down or fear, let's stand. We're not going to back down. We're not going to fear. We can stand. (laughs) We're not going to back down. We're not going to fear. But this is the mindset that we got to have and understand our office as a believer. This is something that God restores and brings. You know, God brings us into righteousness. We just say yes. It's like because some people's like, well, man, I got to get myself together before I come to God. You can't. You don't even know what your together is supposed to look like. You didn't create you. So how you know? (laughs) Wow. You're up for promotion. And so some of the contention, just even some of the warfare has been because, you know, it just happens. You know, the tax come, but that's that's just a part of it. The warfare is a part of it. You should actually be excited about it. It's like, oh, man, yeah, we're built for this. Because now greater warfare, greater victory. Yeah. Come on, so whatever that challenge, I don't care, relationship, financially, health, whatever the case may be. I've had different health challenges within the past couple of years, and, but I'm like, but the Lord has delivered me out of them all. And now what I've seen is even a greater release and understanding is even flow to be able to minister healing. I was like, oh, God, this is, this is good. Wow. And I'm still growing and still learning, but I'm like, God, this is a new. And here's the thing. I'm not even putting on Saul's armor. The Lord's like, eh. It's like, man, I got to go with what I got. got to go with what I got. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for strengthening God. And I thank you, Lord, for that which uh, is beyond the mind. I thank you that the heart is so open to receive and that the mind is catching up, God. So we thank you, God. We receive promotion. We say yes in the name of Jesus. We don't stop, God. We don't, hold, we don't want to hold you back from being God fully in our lives. God, so I thank you, Lord, that every person in here is walking fully in the office of a believer so that way we can fully be a blessing to our society and release the justice of heaven in this earth realm in the name of Jesus. God, so I thank you, Lord, for the activation, God, of of offices in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for the wills of people saying yes to your will. Matter of fact, someone just say it again to say, Lord, I I will. Lord, I will. Say, Lord, I will. Lord, I will. Come on, and that's strong enough right there. Now, 
We bless you for it. I do one. In, uh, matter of fact, just even in this moment, even while our hands are lifted, if someone just needs you, you don't have to come forward. But if someone right now, thank you, Holy Ghost. If someone just right now just even needs to just repent, say, God, you know what? I haven't been lining up the way I needed to. Then you could just just right where you are to say, God, I repent. Lord, the way that I've been thinking, God, I thank you, Lord, for it changing right now in the name of Jesus. And it's repentance on different levels. But if it's something that God has been calling us to walk into and then, then we've been refusing or being um, stubborn, we need to repent from that. If it's something that we've been acting fleshly, then we need to repent from that. If we've been walking in more fear and doubt than in faith, then we need to repent from that. And it's a good thing because God's like, hey, he gives us repentance for, for us to get back on the right track. And then he accelerates us. And looks at us as if we never did anything wrong. Wow. That righteousness is not voided. <laughs> so, Father, we thank you, Lord, that we repent in the name of Jesus. God, and I thank you, Lord, for you just pouring out your blessing. <laughs> God, and we walk and run in this office as believing believers. We will talk this thing. We will do this thing. We will, we will call it in. We will call it in. We will call. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. In me. Through me. On earth. As you've already made it lawful in heaven. I agree, God, with your will. Whatever it takes. <laughs> In Jesus' name. And Jesus, can we shout unto God now with that? Can we shout unto God with that? Thank you for your hunger and just being open to receive from, from the God. I know this was his word and impartation. This is a pivotal word because I got to go back and say this because this is something, it's not often, I think it was only one other time before where I made a distinct particular call for a Wednesday night. But I knew that it wasn't my call. But I was, I, I, it was just something I was like, God, I was like, I have no idea. But he's like, no, Wednesday's going to be something serious. He's like, make a call. Don't back down from it. Make a call. Make a demand. He's like, cause, he said, because I'm going to deal with your office as a believer. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I've never had it communicated to me like that before. So it starts with us our office so that thing so it's a greater awareness because there's some things that he wants to get in this earth realm and he needs us to execute it well he wants us to execute it it's this partnership he gets more glory when he says yeah I chose that person that you didn't think couldn't do it I get more I can do it myself clearly but I get even more glory when I choose someone who wasn't even qualified to get it done who wasn't acknowledged by men so that way they know for a fact that, that it's got to be a God if this person is doing this. Because how else do you explain this? 
That's the kind of testimony and life we want. When people are like, how? God. How in the world? No, it ain't in the world. This started in heaven, God. I'm showing up in the world and you can see it, but oh, this, this started in heaven. That's the kind of life God wants for us. That's what he's designed. That's what he wants to put together. And so we say, yes, I will. Glory to God.